This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. How many of you guys are expecting something today? Good, good, good. Well, I want to start off by telling you guys a story. Um, you know, as Pastor Mike has said before, uh, he hears some of these stories through the years, and he didn't realize uh, maybe how bad of a kid I was. But um, I start that by saying I was a very young, young kid. I was probably, uh, I'd say I was probably in first or second grade. And uh, um, we lived on 320th Street, and if you know where 320th Street is, east of Trainer, it didn't matter what time of the year, we were the last person to get on the bus. I don't know what it was. It's like every time, you know, mom would encourage us, well, you're the first one on the bus, and you're the first one, you're the first one off the bus. And then, you know, at the half, halfway point, you're the last one on the bus, then you're the last one off the bus, you know. But it just seemed like every time we rode the bus, I was the last one on the bus and the last one off. I don't know if they forgot me or what. It doesn't matter. That is not a part of the story. But, it, but my point is this. I spent a lot of time on a bus, and uh, I had uh, another fellow uh, comrade. I wouldn't say he was necessarily a close friend, but maybe a comrade because we, were, we both lived pretty close in, in the same spot on the bus route. And so we sat together, talked together, and uh, one time uh, he showed up on, on the bus with a magnifying glass. And uh, he's like, hey, man, I want to show you something. I'm like, all right, let's do it, you know. So we're going down the gravel road, and there's dust coming in the bus. And, and uh, he takes this magnifying glass, and he gets it into the sun at just the right angle. And he's like, watch this. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm watching, you know. The next thing I know, the seat starts to smoke. And I'm like, whoa, that is awesome. Let me try because, I mean, you know, as a, as a, I'm like, man, you know, this guy, he's, he must be, I'm going to make sure this is legit. I want to make sure that, the, the, you know, so I grabbed that magnifying glass and I got that baby just right, right in the sun. You know, the sun's coming through the window and I'm like, oh yeah, it's smoking. And then all of a sudden my, you know, then, then my sense came in. I'm like, why are we starting a fire in a bus driving down a gravel road, you know? And, uh, so that was one of my very first, uh, um, times with a magnifying glass. And you know, when you think about, um, you know, magnify, you don't think of, you know, that's not a very common word, you know, in, in today's day and age. You know, we, we do think of a magnifying glass, but we don't think of magnify, to magnify, you know. And, and that's what I want to talk to you guys today about is magnify. That's the title of my message is magnify. And, and, you know, as a kid, when I think about this word magnify, the only thing that flashes back into my mind is a song that we sang when, we, when I was a little kid. And some of you guys that have been a part of the Fellowship Church for a long time are probably thinking to yourselves, I want to sing that song again. And I can tell you we're not going to sing that song again. But the way that this song went was, Oh, magnify the Lord. You guys remember that? Worthy to be praised. Some of you guys are looking at me like, don't. You're going to sing that right here, right now? Please stop. And so, you know, as a kid, oh, gosh. <clears throat> So, you know, uh, we sang this song. There was lots of tambourines, lots of overhead projectors, uh, screens that were upside down, and lots of echoes in the room. The men on one side, the women on the other side. Aren't you guys glad that those days are gone? Who's glad those days are gone? Right. 
I am too. But my point is this. You know, although we can laugh about some of those early days and some of the silly, silly things that we did, the, the words to the song were great. And the idea of magnifying God is what, we, what you will see today is, is that if, if you, we are magnifying something. And you may think, well, magnify, that's such a weird word. Well, you will find out today that you are magnifying something. Either you're magnifying the things that are in your life, the issues, the problems, or you're magnifying God. And so, you know, we all magnify something, okay? And let me go through some natural things to just kind of help you get your, your mind wrapped around this whole idea of magnifying, okay? So we have this beloved dog, Ollie, and... Uh, He's more beloved to everybody else in the family than myself, but I call him beloved because, you know, the Bible says we're supposed to call those things that be not as though they are, and so I'm just speaking love into my heart about this dog. One day I walked in. We had gone outside and done something. I come back in, and my dog is standing on the table, okay? And I knew immediately as he looked down in, in complete and total shame, as he should have, that he had just finished off our supper that was sitting on the table. And what we had made that night were those sirloin burgers from Sam's. Anybody had those? They're like super greasy. I'm pretty sure he ate one and a half burgers. And I was just like, you, you know, and I mean, you know, as, as a, you know, first of all, that's leftovers, right? But second of all, it's like, so what do you do? You respond and you magnify the problem. You magnify the issue, right? Okay, that didn't get you. How about this one? How about as dads, you know, and, and this is something that I'm still working on, but you know, when, when something happens, we have a choice as a dad if we are going to magnify the issue. And probably one of the greatest things that my wife has taught me in being a parent is, you know, we have a choice. You can magnify the bad behavior, which is Unfortunately, that's what I do sometimes is that I go from an even keel to what on earth are you doing, right? I am magnifying the problem. I am magnifying the mistake. I'm magnifying the, 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 the thing. And so, but one of the things that she's taught me is, is that we have a choice as parents as to what it is that we're going to magnify. We can, we can magnify the bad behavior And what we don't realize is as parents, if we continue to magnify that, they'll continue to do it. And what she has encouraged me is, is let's magnify the good things. Let's magnify, uh, you know, what they're doing right. Because as we do that, we'll see more of that. And and with kids, they just want attention. So they're going to do whatever it is that, that they have to do to get the reaction that they need to get. And if it's the magnification of the negative, they will continue to do the negative. That's just a side point on parenting, some great wisdom that my wife has taught me, but we magnify. And as a dad, sometimes I don't necessarily magnify the right thing. My wife's over there shaking her head. And so all you other dads that are perfect, you can look at the problems that I, that I deal with that I sometimes will magnify the wrong thing. Reacting like it's a big deal when in reality it's not very, a, a really big deal. How about this one? Husbands, we're going deep here. We're going to talk. Well, I'm telling you, everybody in this room magnifies something. We're going to talk about husbands and wives. Husbands, how about this? Sometimes we magnify our contributions in the home, do we not? What do we do? 
We, we make a big deal out of what it is that we did, right? The other night, I made some chicken, and, and uh, a lot of times, my wife's like, you know, you're always so vocal when you make supper. What am I doing? I'm magnifying my contribution. But I brought a picture because this is really how the wife view it. Look at what it says. It says, baby, I'll, I'll make dinner tonight if you go get the ingredients, make the sides, season the meat, bring it out to me outside, and help me find the tongs and the spatula. I'll grill it, and you can just relax. <laughs> Amen. See? So as husbands, we magnify our contribution. We make a bigger deal out of it than it really is. When in reality, we're not even doing anything. So, but let's get a little more serious here. Because as husbands and wives, sometimes we can magnify what? What the other one is not doing, right? We, we look at what they're not doing. And every single day, we're looking at what they're not doing. And we tell them what they're not doing. And we think about what they're not doing or what they should be doing and what they haven't fixed. And so we go down that road. What are we doing? We're magnifying their behavior, Maybe it's something that they're saying, or maybe it's something that they're not saying. Maybe it's the fact that they're, you know, not spiritual enough. Maybe they're not going to church enough. Maybe they're not reading their Bible enough. And, and as, as a spouse, we, we cannot fall into this trap where we, where we are magnifying that thing, because we are. And, and what, what will happen is, is that as much as we want something good to happen in our marriage and in our, our relationship, if we continue to magnify the things that we're not supposed to be magnifying, it's not going to bring peace. It's not going to bring rest. It's not going to bring unity. It's going to bring separation. It's going to bring, you know, division. Why? Because what it says in Proverbs 27, 15 is, is that a nagging spouse is like the drip, drip, drip of a leaky faucet. And you can't turn it off. And you can't get away from it. And so my point is this, guys, is that we magnify something. You know, maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's at your job. Maybe it's, you know, with an employee that, that isn't performing the way that you feel like they should be, that, they, that he or she shouldn't be performing. You know, and, and so we have to take this internal look into our lives as to what is it that I'm magnifying? What is it in my life that, man, I just, I'm so focused on it. I'm magnifying it, magnifying it, magnifying it. And my challenge to you today is, is that, you know, maybe you need to back that off. Maybe you need to just bring some, some balance to it. I'm not saying that, you know, we don't address things that need to be addressed and just act like they don't exist. But I think a lot of times when, when we get stuck on something, we, we bring it to a point where it's causing more harm in our life than it is is good. And so, you know, the same thing can be true with God. You know, that, you know, when we magnify God, we are magnifying him. And it's not that he's getting better. It's, I brought this, this thing, magnifying glass. Right, we'll start fires afterwards outside. What's it do? What's my eye doing? My eye's getting bigger, isn't it? That's what we think. We think, oh, your eye's getting bigger, Brian. Stop doing that. That's really weird on the camera. But actually, my eye is not getting bigger. It's, it's the perception, right? It, it, it says it this way, that um, when we magnify him, our, our, our perception of God changes. 
The more that we magnify him, the bigger he appears in our life and the smaller the problem appears. And so in your notes there, uh, point number one is this, is that there is power in what you magnify. There's power in it, whether you realize it or not. Now, I know there's power in magnification because we were able to start, start something on fire. But there is power in what it is that you are magnifying. And, and you, you know, when I think about this idea of the power that is in our magnification, the first thing that kind of think that comes to me is the, um, is the illustration of Israel in, in their trip to the promised land. And you guys remember that because they, God had led them across the wilderness and Moses was leading them and, and God had promised to Moses individually, like, hey, listen, I'm going to take you to a good land, flows with milk and honey. Uh, not only that, he, he, uh, he told the people, and, and, and multiple, you know, a couple different times, he's saying, listen, this is where I'm taking you, and this is, where it's gonna, this is what's going on. It's going to be good. Uh, but what you guys remember when Moses sent in the 12 spies. Now, he had, they had already been told that the land was good. They had already been told that it, that it was promised to them. God said, hey, I'm giving you this land. But, but here we see that Moses sends in, to 12, in the, the 12 spies to check it out. And he says, hey, I want you to bring some fruit back. And so what do they do? They go in. They're, they're there for 40 days. They're checking it out. Man, everything's exactly the way that God and Moses has been saying. But look what, it, what, what happens uh, here in Numbers 13, verse 27. We're going to see the power of what we magnify. We're going to see it firsthand. Look what it says in Matthew or uh, Numbers 13, verse 27. It says, yep, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified. So what did they do? They went from what it was that God said to magnifying the fact that the people are big. They went to magnifying the fact that the cities were fortified, and that's what they saw. It wasn't it, it, the facts were the, the facts, but in their eyes, it became bigger. And, 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 and it was like, we can't do this. We can't overcome this. And, and the people are strong and the cities are fortified. And it became big in their eyes. And their focus moved from what God said to what it, and what he promised to what they saw with their eyes and how it appeared. And so look what it says right here, though, in verse 30. It says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. What was he trying to do? He was like, he was like listen, 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 because so the people were looking at the, the problems. They were looking at what it was. It was like Caleb was coming over here and trying to push the magnifying glass back onto what it was that God had promised and what it was that God had said. I mean, he was adamant, and he's just like, listen, listen, no, no, don't look at that. Don't look at how it appears. Look at, look at what it, remember what it was that God said, we are well able. And that was the pro promise to him. And so Caleb and Joshua are like, listen, 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 don't magnify the problem. Don't magnify the big people. Don't magnify the fortified city. Magnify God and what it is that he said. And they refused to magnify the uh, um, problem. That's what that Caleb and Joshua did. They refused to do it. It wasn't that they were in denial. And that's, that's, that's one thing I want to make very clear today. You know, when it comes to magnifying, it's not that we're, it's not we're just acting like something doesn't exist. That's not the point. 
The point is, is that we're not so focused on and magnifying the problem that we forget about God. God becomes small. God, when we magnify the problem and the issue in our life, he becomes so small we forget about the fact that he can even help us change the situation or do anything about it because we're, we're focused on this. But Joshua and Caleb refused to magnify the problem, the challenge, the issue that they were facing. Um, you know, but the people, uh, the, other, the other 10 spies, they didn't do that. What did they say? We're not able to go up against these people. They're stronger than us. And they brought a bad report. And, and they said that, you know, the, the inhabitants are devoured. And they also went on to say, we are like grasshoppers. It's that whole thing of how things appear. So because they focused and magnified the problem and the issue, in their own eyes, they saw themselves as small. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. So, so when we make this mistake of magnifying the wrong things or the issues in our life, our perception is changed and not in a good way. We don't see things the way that God wants us to see them. Um, and it leads us on here in, uh, uh, in the, later on in the chapter because I think this is important because it helps us to identify if maybe we have uh, um, our magnification of things is in the wrong place because it said that the congregation lifted up their voice and they cried and they, and they wept and they complained and all those things. And so one of the points that I wanted to make was is that crying, whining, and complaining is an indicator that you are magnifying the wrong things in life. Now, I'm not asking for anybody to raise their hand. But if you've ever cried, if you've ever whined, if you've ever complained, you may be magnifying the wrong thing in your life. But there's power in what you magnify. When we look at something, when we focus on something, when we think about something, when we talk about something, we are magnifying that thing. Whether it's our marriage, whether it's in our kids, whether it's in our job, whether it's you know, in the business that we run, we're magnifying something. You know, another thing, I was so enamored by being able to burn things with a magnifying glass as a young child that my mom, uh, later on when I was uh, probably 10 or 11 years old, she bought me this little red microscope. Do you still have that? No. Okay. Should have brought that. But she bought me this little red microscope. And what was so cool about this little red microscope is, is that you could spin it. You could spin the thing. And so one, it was like two times, four times, eight times. What are you doing? You're just magnifying the, the ability of the microscope to see something. And, and when I think about the two times, the four times, and the eight times, I think about our words. Like sometimes it's like we're, we're talking about it two times as much as we should be. Sometimes we're, ta- we're thinking about it four times as much as we should be. Sometimes it's like, it's, it's not two times or four times, it's eight times. We're talking and thinking about it eight times more than we should be. And so that little red microscope showed me that there is power in what it is that you magnify. Because we could, you could take these little slides that came with it and you could put it under there as like a, a bug's wing and doing all these different things. There was power in what we magnify. And so we have to know though that there's power to either destroy our life or there's power to bring life. This, this, this power that is in magnifying can either destroy our life, it can destroy our kids, it can destroy our marriage, it can destroy our business, or it can bring life to it. Because if I, if I am constantly focusing on the negative side of everything, 
What's going to happen? The things that are in there, I'm going to magnify the negative, and I'm going to have more of the negative. But the same thing is true with the positive. If I'm rewarding and, 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 and looking at the positive, I'm going to celebrate the positive. I'm going to magnify the positive, and, and that's what I'm going to have. And, the, and so the children of Israel, they chose to magnify the problem, the challenge, and the giant. Their focus remained on that. But we see a very different result in the life of a king. And the king's name was Sir Fatzalot. And you're like, what? Was there a king in the Bible named Sir Fatzalot? Absolutely there was. Actually, there wasn't. His name was King Jehoshaphat. <laughs> now you're like, well, what's Sir, for Sir Fatzalot? Well, when Will was two years old, uh, uh, Kelsey Winchell actually taught him that King Jehoshaphat's name was Sir Fatzalot. No, she didn't. He came out of, he came out of class one day, and, and Rachel's like, hey, so, Will, what'd you learn? Oh, I learned about Sir Fatzalot. And Rachel's like, what? Sir Fatzalot? You mean King Jehoshaphat? She's, he's like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. You know, so we lovingly call him Sir Fatzalot. I won't refer to him as Sir, Fat, for Sir Fatzalot anymore in my message, okay? And I hope that that's not all that you remember, because there's so much more to the story of King Jehoshaphat. Okay, so let's look here in 2 Chronicles verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 12. Because what we see is, is a very different picture of, of a king who chose to magnify the good. Look what it says here. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and the others beside them came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And then some came out and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you beyond the seas. And so here we see some armies that are getting ready to come down. And it's, it's multiple armies. They're coming down to attack. And, 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 uh, it, and it's a dire situation. It's bleak. It doesn't look good. And, 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 and in their shoes, and, and they, there was no way out. They're like, what are we going to do? And it goes on to say in verse 3, it says, And Jehoshaphat feared. And set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah gathered together and asked for help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now, the things that we can gather from this is, is that King Jehoshaphat was afraid. And I think that, that sometimes in life, you know, in, this, in our walks of faith, it's like we have this misconceived idea that if we're walking in faith, we're never going to fear. But what we see here is, is that we see a king that he was afraid. But, but what he did was is that he didn't choose to magnify the, the armies that were coming to him. He didn't choose to say, okay, well, let's, let's look at this and let's make sure that, that we've got everything in place and we've got everything. That's not what he did. What did he do when he was in fear? He, he began to set his focus. It says that... that um, he set his focus and he seeked the Lord. He set himself to magnify his God. He could, he could have set himself to focus on the problem and the issues, but he didn't. But he knew that faith in God could change the facts. And so in your notes, no matter what we faced, we must magnify God. It doesn't matter what we're facing in life. It doesn't matter if it's good, if it's bad, if it's a challenge, if it's an issue. We have to choose to magnify God. Whether it's health, whether it's a marriage issue, difficulty with children, no matter what is going on, no matter what comes against us, we have to choose to focus on God 
and not on the problem. We don't deny the existence, but we refuse to allow what we are facing to appear bigger. We refuse. It's like, you know what? I, I know that this has come against me. I know that this is a challenge, but I refuse. And, and, he, and that's what he did. He's like, man, this is not good. It doesn't look good, but you know what? I refuse to allow that because I, he, he had a faith inside of him and a trust inside of him that he knew that his God would come through. And he knew that, you know what? He, he, it's kind of like what it says in 1 Peter. It says that we need to humble ourselves. And I believe that that's what, what the, the king did. He's like, man, I'm just going to humble myself because it's like, you know what? In my own strength and in my own ability and in, in, in who I am and, and, and in our people, there is no way out of this. But man, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to seek the face of God and I'm going to get an answer. And so that's what he did. And, and what we see here is, is that he magnified God in prayer. It says in verse 5 that King Jehoshaphat stood and said, he said, he was just very, 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 very plain and simple. He's like, Lord, I can't do this in my own strength. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. I, I'm not sure how to overcome this. But he humbled himself, went to, went to God, and magnified him in prayer. He knew that his strength came from God in a time of trouble. And you know, if you look a little bit deeper, and I don't want to read it for the sake of time, but we see three things in the prayer that he prayed uh, um, in front of all of the people of, of Judah. And that is this in your notes. It says he, he prayed who God is. And that to me, who God is is power. What God has done, that's faithfulness. The next thing that I saw was what God has said, and that's the promise. And you know, guys, it's a great, it's a, it's a great model for prayer. When we, when we face things that are challenging, when we face issues that are staring us in the face, we have to look at and remind ourselves of his power. We have to, to, to look at his faithfulness and look at his promise in our lives. And when we do that, what are we doing? We're magnifying him. We're magnifying his power. We're magnifying his faithfulness and we're magnifying his promise in the midst of a challenging time. And so it, it, what that does, guys, when we do those things, when we go to him and we begin to magnify him in prayer, it enables him to move in the situation. It enables him to move in the situation. Because, you know, when you think about King Jehoshaphat, if he, he chose to magnify God in prayer, but, but what we see was, is that after he magnified God in prayer, in your notes there, it says that an answer comes when we magnify God. Look at what it says in Second uh, Chronicles 20, verse 15. It says, thus says the Lord to you. So, so basically, he prays, and this is, was the answer from the Lord. It says, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. So what's so cool to me is, is that he goes to God. He humbles himself. He, 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 he makes a decision. I'm not going to focus on the problem. I am going to magnify God in prayer. And when he magnified God in prayer, we see very, very clearly that the answer came to him. But what, what, what if King Jehoshaphat did, didn't do that? What if he didn't humble himself? What if he, what if he would have just said, you know what, I, I, I'm not going to pray. I don't know what there is to do. We're just going to die. I, I, I believe that he, he wouldn't have been delivered, right? 
And, 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 but this is what many people do. Many Christians, they go through life, they're, they're, they're faced with a challenge, and they don't do that. They don't go to God in prayer. They don't, don't, they don't humble themselves and say, you know what, I need help, Lord. I, I did this very thing uh, in Bible school when I was uh, a young guy. I, I was working in this job, and, and uh, I'd go every single day, and I'd stand behind this cinder block wall, and I'd cut granite countertops. I'd run this saw for eight hours a day, walking around in water, and, uh, and it was just, what's really, really sad about it was is that I would go to school in the morning, and I'd get this great revelation and this word, and then I'd go stand behind this wall, you know, and I'd watch this saw move really, really slow through granite. And the whole time that I was there, I was thinking about, I, I was focusing on the problem. I was focusing on what it was that I wasn't making. I was focusing on the fact that, you know what, I can run all the machines in here, and I've asked for a raise three different times, and they, they've, they haven't given me a raise. And I sat there for months. And, you know, I, didn't, it, I was so focused in, in magnifying the problem and what it was that, that I was facing, I never stopped to pray and say, you know what, God, here's what's going on. And, and magnify God in the situation for the answer that I really needed. You know, whether it was, you know, an answer of a raise or an answer of a promotion or whatever it was, I didn't do that. And so I didn't get the answer that I needed because I didn't go to him in prayer. I didn't magnify him. His hands were tied in the situation. And so what ended up happening was, is I, I, uh, a friend of mine was working at a, an insurance company, and I went to work there, and it was not good. It was uh, lots of chargebacks and uh, nearly starving to death, you know. And on the back side, it was like, man, I never even prayed about that before I left. I never even went to God, and, and, and I magnified the, the problem the whole time. And then when I got to this insurance company, I was like, Lord, I'm sorry that I did that. And because So if we want an answer in life, guys, if we want an answer, and we want God's hand to work in our lives, we got to go to magnifying God. If we're stuck on magnifying the issue, the problem, and what it is that we're facing, we're never going to get the answer that we need. His hands are tied. We want him to move, but he can't because we're magnifying the problem. We're magnifying the issue. You know, and, and then what ends up happening is we end up saying things like, I can't handle this. You know, I can't bear this. What am I going to do? I can't, I can't see you know, any way out of this. I can't believe that I'm going through this. We've all said that, right? But when we say those things, what are we doing? We're, we're magnifying the problem. We must get our eyes off of our inabilities, our weaknesses, our fears, and our frustrations, and our lack. And we can't, we, we, because what ends up happening is, is that we're focused on us. It's me, 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 me. What, what I, 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 I. And, 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 and when we look at ourselves, we are making ourselves bigger, the, the, the lack, the deficiency, the things that we can't do. And that's where our problem will be. The more that we talk about ourselves, the more limited we become. But when we talk about God, we take the limits off. Answers come when we magnify God. The next thing that we see here is, is that, that uh, King Jehoshaphat magnified God in praise and worship. And it says here in verse 18, it says that Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And they praised the Lord God of Israel with a loud and, uh, and a high voice. When you pray, answers come. When answers come, 
You continue to magnify God. It's your, you know, because that's the thing. A lot of times we, we go to God and we pray. And it's like, okay, Lord. All right, where are you at? That's not what they did. The answer came, and what did they do, man? They just kept on. They moved from praying, they got their answer, and then and, and that was the answer from the Lord. The word from the Lord came. Then they went to praising him. They said, Lord, we just want to thank you. We want to praise you. We want to magnify you. We want to continue to magnify you, even though they're getting really, really close. No, they didn't. No, they just had their eyes on God. They're magnifying God in praise and in worship. The king chose to magnify and seek God, and he did it through prayer, and he did it through praise and worship. And then the next thing that we need to do is, is that we need to be careful what we choose to magnify. We need to be careful, because look at what it says here in verse 20. You know, and, and I find this interesting, because it's like they magnified God in prayer, they got their answer, and then they went to worshiping God. And then we see right here in verse 20, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness. And Jehoshaphat said, stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and, and, and you shall be established. So here he is again, man. He's just saying, he's reminding them. He's like, listen, don't lose your focus. Don't stop magnifying God. Don't, move, don't, don't get back over here because they've taken these steps. They've prayed They've got their answer from the Lord. They worshiped him. And then the next morning, you know, the king's like, listen, listen, focus. Don't lose your focus. Keep your focus on him. Continue to magnify him. Be careful what you choose. You know, when I think about this uh, and this choice that we have, I think about Paul, uh, in, in, uh, he, who wrote most of the New Testament. He, he made a statement, forgetting those things that are behind me, I press on. And, 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 and that, to me, is focus. Another one was Abraham. He considered not his body. So even though there were some, some things that were going on in, in these men's lives, they had a choice as to what it was that they were going to magnify. And they chose to magnify God. And, and, the, and, the, and I think that what happens is, is the challenge that we have when it comes to magnifying God is, is that reason, Right? tries to come into our mind. It, it tries to creep in. And when you think about this, if you were to put yourself in their position, because it says in verse 21 that he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, right? So here they are, they're going out, and what's the king do? He's like, hey man, let's put the band out in front, right? Anybody that's like got some common sense would be thinking to themselves, I don't know about this king, are you sure that's what the guy that told us he was going to deliver us should do? You know, maybe we should get some bigger guns or, or and, and reason comes in. Am I the only one in this room that when you're going through things in life that reason doesn't try to creep in? And reason will come in and try to move you, move the magnification from God to the problem. Well, I don't know about this. I don't know if that's going to work out. No, 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 no. That's an indicator that, you're, that what you're magnifying is moving to the wrong place. And you've got to be quick to understand and know and, and get that into, into check. Because we saw in the, in the, um, with the 10 spies, they didn't do that. They went to the land, they checked it out. But man, they had their eyes so focused on the problems, on the inhabitants, on the size of the city, the size of the walls, they completely forgot about what it was that God and Moses had said and, and encouraged them in. But 
These guys that, that stood firm, like Joshua and Caleb, they stood firm. King Jehoshaphat, he stood firm. In your notes, it's, uh, and number three is standing firm requires that we magnify God. If you want to stand firm, I mean, you know, when I, when I look at the Word of God and I look at these guys, you know, like Abraham and, and King Jehoshaphat and Joseph and Caleb, or uh, Joshua and Caleb and David and Paul and all of these people who stood firm in their lives and, 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 and conquered things and did things for God, they stood firm. But why did they stand firm? They stood firm because they magnified God. And as you read through that story, as you continue to read the end of that story, the standing firm, the result of standing firm was because they magnified God. They were able to stand firm in the test. They were able to stand firm when, when they were tempted to reason. They were able to stand firm when it didn't look good. But you know what it did is, is in verse 27, it says that the men returned to Jerusalem with King Jehoshaphat, leading them overjoyed in the Lord. The Lord had given them victory, uh, given them victory over their enemies. So when we stand firm, guys, what we see is, is that it brings joy and it brings victory. And it also says in verse 30 that, uh, that, um, that peace and rest were brought. And I mean to tell you guys that, you know, when we're facing things in life, when we have these challenges and these things that we're going, coming up against, I don't know about you, but I want joy. I want victory. I want peace. I want rest. But in order to get there, there's something we have to do. We have to remain focused. We have to remain focused on him. We have to remain focused on him, magnify him in, in prayer and in worship and in our words and in our thinking and, 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 and know, because that's what the king knew. He's like, man, God has promised us this this. this land. He's promised us this victory. He's promised us this. And the same thing is true for you and I as believers. It's like he, he, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. And, and, and we looked at that last week, but there are some things that we have to do. And that is we have to magnify God in our lives. We magnify him in who he is. We magnify him in what he has done. We magnify him in, in his promise. And so, you know, as I close today, I want to show a, a picture to you. And, and this happened here just a couple weeks ago. I was driving out of my driveway and, and uh, you know, we've lived in our house for about 10 years, I think. And I drive down the same driveway every single day. And I see the same thing every single day. And I'm just like, man, you know, and so let me show you what I see every single day. This is what I see when I pull out of my driveway every single day. I see a crack in my windshield that I need to fix. Gosh, I got to get that on my to-do list. I see the uh, corn, uh, the corn cart on the right. Sells lots of corn. A lot of people buy corn there. I don't buy corn there. I don't know why I don't buy corn there. It doesn't matter. I see, you know, the neighbor's got two cars and it's got a little skid loader. That'd be nice to have, you know. Sometimes I think that when I drive out of the driveway. I see the other car, a little nice little silver car, a little Nissan. Gives, probably gets pretty good gas mileage. These are the thoughts that go through my mind every single day. I know, I'm weird. A lot of times they're funny thoughts. As we go through life, we, have, we can have funny thoughts. Those are, those are okay. But what about when we go through life and, and all we see are the problems, like the crack in the windshield. Man, that, that cart's ugly. That thing's really rusty. I wish they'd get rid of that and maybe paint it up and do something nice with it. And Man, that, that skid loader is really a piece of junk. You really should get rid of that thing, you know, and clean it up and mow it and make it look nice. 
right? That's another way we could look at it, right? As we go through life, we're looking at things and doing things. But one morning, I was driving out, and I don't know why, but this was what I saw. Now, it doesn't give a very good illustration, but because it's not super, super clear, but off in the distance, I could see a road. I could see, and, and for you, it may be hard to see, but there was power lines. There's flowing hills of bean and corn. You know, when I think about, you know, the promised land was flowing with milk and honey. It had all of these promises that God had given to them. That's, what he, that's where he wanted them to go. It's where he wanted them to be. And, and, and my point in, in showing you guys this picture, and I believe the, that the Lord was just saying, listen, man, you can be faced with a lot of things that are right in front of you, problems, challenges, issues, things that, that you want to overcome and deal with and, and, and victory and joy and all of these things that we have, but you got to look past that. And, and I think a lot of times that when we are so focused and we magnify all of the things that are close and nearby we fail to see what's off in the distance. We, we fail to see the restoration. We fail to see the healing that we need in our body. We fail to see the answer that we're looking for. We, we fail to see what it is that God has in store for us. And so my encouragement to you today is to simply just watch what it is that you're magnifying in your life. Because I know personally that that. And, and we've seen very, very clearly that if we want joy and we want victory and we want peace and we want rest, which is what I believe all of us want, we have to make sure that we are magnifying God in our prayer, in our worship, in our words, and in our thinking. And, and when we do that, it's not that we're going to be perfect every single day, but it's, it's the process that Lord, I'm just endeavoring to magnify you today. I'm endeavoring to magnify you today. Lord, help me. Man, when my, when my eyes get off of, off of you and off of focusing on you, Lord, help me to get my eyes back on you. Lord, uh, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would arrest me when, I, when I'm looking at things the wrong way. Father, if it's, if it's with my kids or in my marriage or, or in my job or whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you would help me to see the things that I shouldn't be magnifying. And Lord, I pray that you would help me to get my eyes back on you because that's what King... The king did. It was bearing down on him, man. These problems, these issues are bearing down on him. But he didn't do that, man. He's just like, you know what? We're going to do this. So let's, let's bow our heads and just commit this to the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're just going to commit this to the Lord. Because, guys, this right here is the most important time. Because during this message, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. You might be thinking, well, man, he really, he, he, Brian's really saying some things that really, he must have, no, it's not me. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. He's here to, to lead you. He's here to guide you. He's here to help you. He's here to show you the things. And so those little things that, that have been popping up in your heart, those things that you've maybe been focusing on, that, that, that you've been magnifying in your life, today is the day to say, you know what, Lord, that's, that's me. I've been making a mistake there, and I'm going to change that. I'm going to move my magnification from the problems, from the issues, from the challenges. I'm going to move it to you. I'm going to begin to trust in you so that I can allow you to move in my life. And so, Father God, we just come before you today. We thank you, Father God, for your word in the hearts and in the lives of us. And if there's anybody in here today, and if that's you, just lift your hand up between you and God. Just say, Lord, that's me. I see that hand. You can put it down. Anybody else? You've been magnifying the wrong thing. I see that hand. I see that hand. Just put them down when you're done. That's great. Perfect. Yes. 
He, he loves you and he cares about you and he wants to work in your life. And I believe today that as you have raised your hand, those things that you've been challenged with, those things that you've been looking for, the, the, the joy and the victory and the peace and the rest that you've been looking for, I believe that God is going to begin to work in your life on your behalf. He's going to show himself strong in your life as a result of magnifying him. And so my encouragement to you today is, is that as you go, you continue to magnify him. You continue to magnify him, continue to magnify him and begin to watch him work in your life. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, we want to make sure that everybody is in a, in, in a right position with the Lord. And so today, if you're that person and you have, have, have made choices that have taken you away from God, today's the day to get right with him. And if you need to rededicate your life to him, today is the day. Another thing is that if you have not given your heart to Christ, and ask him to be the Lord of your life today is that day. So if either of those two uh, apply to you, just with your uplifted arm, is there anybody in here that has not been saved or needs to rededicate their heart to Christ? Anybody at all? Amen, amen. Well, Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, for your word in our hearts and in our lives today. Father, as we bring our service to a close, we're going to practice what it is that we've seen this morning. And that is we're going to praise and we're going to worship you, Father God, with our whole heart. We're going to magnify your name. Not only in this time, Father, as we bring this service to a close, but as we walk out the doors, Father, we're going to choose to magnify you. Not the problems, not the issues, not the challenges, Father God, that we face, but you. Because we know that your hand is there to help us. Your hand is there to fight for us. Your hand is there to, to bring deliverance. And we just thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen.